Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Three quarters of Americans don't want a rematch between Trump and Biden. And we have to face the fact that Trump is the most disliked politician in America. We can't win a general election that way. And his request that I reject or return votes unilaterally, power that no vice president in American history had ever exercised or taken, uh, he asked me to put him over the Constitution. And uh, I chose the Constitution. The president of the United States has got to use all available powers as commander in chief to protect our country and to protect the people. So when they're coming across, yes, we're going to use lethal force. We have to have law and order in this country. We have to enforce the law. And what that means is to make sure that people who come here illegally are not rewarded for being here illegally. We can't have Republicans who fight for 50 years for this great cause and win. to return it back to the states. And then the next day they turn around and go, no, the feds should do that. We must have a president of the United States states who will advocate and fight for at the minimum a 15 week limit i just a few snippets from the debate last night on fox and obviously at the same time donald trump sat down with tucker carlson on x and in the numbers by the way and i i looked at it and they're obviously a little skewed but if you if you look at the number of views the tucker carlson Trump interview got 165 million views on Twitter. It's a massive number, just a massive number. Uh, Ozzy Palomo from Chartwell Strategy joining us here in studio. Uh, made the trek up from from Fairfield County. Um, you know, there's a bunch of different directions I want to go, and we just had a snippet there. I want to hold. I, I want to talk about Vivek Ramaswamy in, in a little. Well, you're here, you're here the whole hour, so we can you know put a pin on like generally, just generally. What did you think of last night? I thought it was a good night for the Republican Party. I think it was the starting kind of, you know, gunshot to the race. It really does mark the beginning of it. I thought there was a lot of enthusiasm uh, amongst the candidates and also within the actual um, arena. I had I was texting back and forth with some folks that were there, and they said the energy was palpable and real. Uh, and, I, and I thought overall the candidates did a pretty good job uh, – for the most part, of kind of you know presenting themselves, introducing themselves to the larger electorate, and kind of taking some shots at President Trump when when appropriate. Uh, but overall, positive night. Was it good that he wasn't there in some ways? I don't know. You know, I think he obviously it was a risky move. Uh, what I found, you think it was by Trump? I think I, it's I a think safe so. move. Yeah, I, but I think it comes with risk because it does give openings to a couple others to differentiate themselves and to kind of catapult up. And at that point, you really can't control what happens from here on out if you're not part of that that, that initial process. You know, I'm an independent, 
and I'm not a huge fan. But what I would say is, I, I, it's like, why would he get in an argument with some dude pulling one percent? Like, I actually agreed with his logic. It's like, let's wait until it's two or three others, and then I'll take you on. But I, I saw no benefit in him being there. So what I found interesting was that while he wasn't there, he was issuing live responses to the issues that were being discussed during the debate on True Social via uh, email blasts. I don't know if he posted on Truth Social. I'm not on Truth Social, but it was simultaneous email releases by the Trump campaign and giving the president, the former president's position on what the issues that were being discussed. So part of me so was— So that was stuff that didn't come from him. Uh, correct. Because a lot of times the the, those releases, he writes them. But yeah, that, but, but my thought was if you're not going to be there because of the arguments that you're better than the field and you already are well-known, then why go to the trouble of issuing real-time responses to counterpoints that were being discussed? So. Okay. I want to get into Trump you know, into more detail later, too. So I, I want to— because I, I don't I have there's more to say there, but I, I want to stick to the de- the specifics of the debate for a second. Give me two or th- we'll do winners. Let's do a classic winners and losers here. Actually, we 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 only have another minute here before a full block. G- give me two big winners, and then we'll go to break and come back and talk about more. Yeah, I, th- I think the two big winners uh, of the night. I mean, a, a little biased, but I think Nikki Haley had a great night. Uh, I thought she performed well. I thought she was good. Uh, and look, I, I think at the end of the day, Vivek Ramaswamy takes a win out of this to start because of the name ID and people began to realize who he was. But I think that recognition and that kind of elevation comes with risk that we'll see here in the next couple of weeks. It's a perfect segue because there's uh, one soundbite that I think sums up what's good and bad about Vivek. And we'll play that for you at 820 because I think that there is, uh, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal conversation because people are actually like he was the target more than DeSantis or anybody 100%. else in a lot of ways. And also he does have a blind spot or two. So we'll get into that. I would not. And I think that this is disastrous that we are protecting against an invasion across somebody else's border when we should use those same military resources to prevent across the invasion of our own southern border here in the United States of America. We are driving Russia further into China's hands. The Russia-China alliance is the single greatest threat we face. And I find it offensive that we have professional politicians on the stage that will make a pilgrimage to Kiev, to their Pope, Zelensky, without doing the same thing for people in Maui or the south side of Chicago or Kensington. I think that we have to put the interests of Americans first, secure our own border instead of somebody else's. And the reality is, this is also how we project strength by making America strong at home. Well, if you haven't listened to him, welcome to Vivek Ramaswamy. 38 years old? I mean, he's younger than you. He's a little young. <laughs> um, you have to be, what, 35 to run for president? That's right. So I find it, you know, I was in New Hampshire a bunch. You know, you and I talked a lot in the last cycle when I was at New England Cable News and NBC Boston. And I feel like he is a better, smarter, better-dressed Andrew Yang for this party. Does that comp make any sense i I think that's a totally fair comparison and look i think we we talked earlier i think the debate was good in the sense of recognition people are now putting a face to the name and they've heard a little bit about him he's been in the news over the last couple of weeks um but i think that comes with caution i think people will now start digging into not just his sound bites and the intrigue around him but what he truly stands for and there's a lot of kind of emptiness behind that you saw that with the response to ukraine i think nikki haley took him to task the yep. uh tried to and pence certainly went at him early and often 
uh, and as did Christie. So I think people are going to start digging in and seeing that there's a little bit missing there behind. So there's two things to that. One is it's interesting that the third guy in the polls was the number one target. The number one guy wasn't there. I think that everyone else on the stage realized they have to be number three before they can be number two, before they can be number one. So I was fascinated that people, I don't think a lot of pundits, maybe you did, I don't know, were saying that, People are going to gun for him last night, and they did. I heard some people say it, but I didn't. There was no consensus on that. Yeah, but I, I actually anticipated people going after DeSantis a lot harder, and I they didn't anticipated DeSantis being you know coming out a little bit more forceful than he did. He just kind of at times kind of blended back into the crowd and didn't really stick his neck out as, as hard as he could have. But I think with Ramam Swani, I think you know you catch a little bit. You know, these campaigns are all about catching the opening, catching momentum, and the people saw him over the last several weeks start to kind of catch this momentum. And if you're smart, you want to try and thwart that now before it starts to spiral. You want to help define him before he defines himself. Well, he's the first mover. There hasn't been a mover, right? I mean, only DeSantis weakening. But to me, that soundbite we played speaks to some of his weaknesses in the sense that he doesn't have a lot of specifics. And, like, why – I don't understand why you conflate those two issues. Like, you, why can't you be strong on the border – and also support Ukraine. Why are they mutually yeah. exclusive? It didn't make it much sense to me. It didn't. It didn't make much sense at all. And I think at times you saw throughout the debate, you know, Vivek kind of catching momentum with a sharp, you know, snazzy response. Right. I'm not that, running for president of MSNBC. Correct. And, the, yeah. and, the, and then the crowd liked it. The base will love it. And then it almost immediately after would take the kind of the, his own wind out of the sails with an amateur type of response or an antic, uh, waving his hand in front of DeSantis's face, going back and forth with Pence and Christie. So it, it to me. He came off a little bit unseasoned, but I think that's also kind of a shtick, right, that I'm not a professional politician. Here I am. I'm raw. I'm clean. Uh, I don't think that holds you know, going forward. Yeah, and the other thing was this Russia and China thing policy-wise, because you're not a pundit in terms of, like, policy, but I, the whole thing about not supporting U- Ukraine because you don't want to isolate and push Russia closer to China – there's not a lot to embrace with Russia. Like, I don't really understand why why we ha- – I and again, like, you can take this wherever you want because I'm sort of projecting – I can say these things and maybe you can't, but I you, you don't necessarily want Russia and China, you know, combining forces like the Wonder Twins in global politics. But at the same time, what are you going to do? Are you going to start, you know, making trade deals and hanging out with Putin? No, you're not going to do that. So I don't really understand how that works either. Yeah, and look, and I think foreign policy from a national campaign perspective is a tough issue uh, overall. I don't think you win an election on foreign policy, huh. but you can lose it on foreign policy because I think it makes you, if you don't have a buttoned-up response and you don't have the expertise and you don't have, a, you know, the kind of the thoughtfulness to, to portray something on how an international situation can play out— you're going to look like an amateur, and you're going to look at the electorate. People are going to say, I like you, but you're not ready. And I think that's the risk that Vivek runs. But on the Russia-China issue, I mean, there's a ton of interconnectedness there between the two, and it's not an easy response. So to conflate that with a strong southern border and that, that you're giving Ukraine money at the risk of having you know weak immigration policies, right. it's, a, it's a big bridge. So you're saying politically, just stay generic and— Stick to domestic policy, and that's more of a winning. And I think have a buttoned-up response on foreign policy that makes Americans feel safe, that you have an understanding of the world and are trying to keep those problems off our shores. So we're talking with, uh, of course, Ozzy Paloma from Trotwell Strategy here and Brian and Company. Let's get back to winners and losers. So you thought that 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 Nikki Haley, who you do support, and and Ramaswamy were really the the, the bigger winners. And when it comes to losers. Uh, I mean, I think DeSantis. Listen, I just think he doesn't. Ha- there's not. There's no. It, it's like a Jeb Bushy kind of thing, 
where you Kim's it with such reputation, and I'm not da- banging on Florida. I just think that, and he's more capable, I think, than Jeb Bush. But I I do think that there's a that there's an overrated element. I just don't think he has the panache. Like I think Trump will destroy him. Yeah, I think one second before we got on the stands, I thought Mike Pence also had a very good night. You did. I thought you know at times I I was kind of concerned about how much he was trying to interrupt uh, Brett Baer and how much he was trying to interject. But I think it actually showed a side of people, you know, to people that you know. Like, Mike does Pence he really has, has an edge? Right, he yeah. has a little yeah. bit of an edge. Right, he right, has, right. you know, he can take him on. You know, I think where it kind of backfires for Pence is the, uh, and it actually may help him now that I think about it with the base. But going after Vivek on his youthfulness and inexperience may actually end up helping him a little bit with the base. That is a larger, older voting crowd that may say, "Yeah, I agree with him. I don't want a young guy coming in that's raw." But I thought I thought Pence overall had a, had a good night. It's funny because I think he has zero chance of winning because. Well, we're not talking about winning. We're talking about a good night. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, I just I don't really look at his, I don't look at him as a viable candidate because he he's he he has none of the Trump base, and there's a lot of people who are are not pro evangelical. Right. So he's got he's got fifty to fifty five percent who will never support him out of the gate. Right. So I just think he's yeah, and he's, I think with Pence you saw that he tried to take credit for the Trump Pence policies, but at the same time he was also getting criticized for the Trump Pence policies by the others. So I think that to your point, he's kind of in no man's land. But I think from a from an individual night perspective, I thought he had an okay night. Yeah, and I'll just say, listen, I mean, I I don't agree with almost anything about him, but I, he he did some things on on on, on around January sixth that. Took a lot of guts, yeah. and 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 so you have to say that. What about losers? I I mean I, I think that DeSantis has to be a bit of a loser in the sense that he didn't he didn't act like the guy who's in front of all the people on the stage. Yeah, look, I, I think Ron DeSantis, given everything that's been happening in the campaign behind the scenes and on the finance, it's been side a mess, it, right? It's been a huge mess, uh, and I don't think that they've kind of discredited any of the, the scuttlebutt around how messy and disorganized it's been. I think he needed to have a big night, and he didn't. I think he was just kind of there. I think he, you know, there was a couple openings where he did okay on the responses, but he didn't do anything to stand out, and I don't think he did anything to change the trajectory of where that campaign is headed. Who else? So what? You know, because I have one that I wanted to bring up, but I, anyone else really not have a good night? Yeah, I mean, look, I think Christie had a so-so night. I wouldn't say it was terrible. I wouldn't say it was good. I think probably the most memorable, two, the two most memorable points for the Christie effort was the fact that, you know, the chat GPT line that he used on Vivek, I think is memorable. People will laugh right. at it and they yeah, can yeah. kind of say, yeah. you know, but I don't think it was the, there you go again, Rubio, New Hampshire kind of response. So, so I think it fell flat in that sense, but I think it, it's catching up people will remember it. And the other thing I, that, that I kind of stands out the most is he essentially cut an ad for Mike Pence for January 6th. I think Chris Christie's response on Mike Pence's actions for January 6th were stronger than Mike Pence's response to it. Mm. So to me, it was kind of an odd kind of throw away to another candidate to help elevate them versus, you know, and he's already kind of hated by the base or at least part of the base. So I don't know why you would double down on that publicly, but he, you know, he essentially did cut an ad for Mike Pence's actions on January 6th. Interesting. Uh, We're going to get into Donald Trump, uh, whether there's a scenario that has neither Trump nor Biden in the race, a whole bunch of other little elements to talk about with Ozzy Palomo. We'll, We'll take a break. Uh, get your news, weather, and traffic, and we'll come back and continue the conversation with Ozzy Palumbo from Trot World Strategy. He has his tentacles in a lot of different uh, affairs, and obviously knows a ton about the Republican Party. And he also knows, you know, in Connecticut. You know, I remember, you know, spending some time with both Ozzy and and with with Ben Proto. And and you know, Connecticut Republicans is tough because. Especially an, an independence that could swing Republican. The, the Trump issue is a massive issue. And 
I keep trying to figure out a how this is going to play out, and and there's a bunch of different questions around it. And I I guess I'll start with a very simple one: Is there any scenario in your mind that has Trump not being the nominee? Yeah, look, I, I think it's something that people have to start playing out if you're running for president today, the likelihood that that could happen. Um, I think, you know, we've talked about this. I think the election were held yesterday. It's Trump's to lose. But if you take a look, even what's happening. The general. The general, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the primary, certainly. And then the general, I think, is, is a coin flip. Although I think at the end of the day, if Trump lost by 5 million votes last time, I don't know a single one of those 5 million that said, you know, gee, I'm going to do this a third time and switch my vote back to him. So. I think he loses to Biden if that's if that's the case. Um, but I think even, take a look at what's happening today. You have a former president having to turn himself in, you know, down in Georgia. I think the actual, you know, accusations and what he's facing from a legal standpoint are real. And I think you have to prepare yourself for a scenario where either the legal system may do that or at the end of the day, the you know, the electorate may say in, in Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina, we've had enough of this. And it changes the trajectory of the race moving forward. So if I think he's it's convic- a viable situation. So – is there if he's convicted, he can still win the presidency? Yeah, I, I don't know the the legality around it, but the, there's a lot of talk about whether or not a convicted felon can run for for office and run for president. I think Asa Hutchinson uh, about the only salient point that he made last night was that Fourteenth Amendment issue about whether or not he could even be president at that point in time. Right. Um, so I think there's a lot of unanswered questions, but again, those are such nuanced questions that the base are certainly not paying attention to today. Uh, but as these legal issues unfold, I think they would become a lot more of liability for the president, former, former president going forward. On the flip side, you know, it's hard to know how much of the House flipping Republican and everything they're pushing toward as it relates to Hunter Biden and, 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 the, and the president, how much it is authentic and how much is ginned up. I don't know. I mean, I, I thought last week that we were heading straight down the pike for an an impeachment. And so I don't really know. I don't really know. And I know a lot of, a lot of people think that, that, that there is, there, there is a there there. And I just didn't know where you stood on that. Yeah. Look, I I think, I think house Republicans under, under Speaker McCarthy and and Jim Jordan and James Comer took a lot of heat early on for kind of pushing this uh, investigation. But at the end of the day, I think what they've uncovered, I think raises a lot of eyebrows and, you know, of them of the mindset that where there's smoke, there tends to be fire. So I think the accusations and what they've uncovered are real. And I think that will continue to evolve. Um, you know, I don't know if anyone beyond the Republican base are paying attention to it, but I think at the end of the day, when people start know. to see the reality of it, I think it does lift a little bit of the veil that, you know, that Joe Biden and his family are just the average Americans, all shucks, middle of the ground folks, when you had a son that was kind of cutting deals on the side and what they knew and didn't know is going to be important. Uh, and I think you're starting to see that too, where the vast majority of Americans, including a lot of Democrats, don't want to see Joe Biden run for re-election. So I think it's it's chipping at the margins there. Uh, listen, Ozzy, we only have a couple of minutes. Things fly by, but I think a lot of people would like fresh faces in politics. They don't want people in their 70s and 80s, and they don't want people who have a lot of baggage. Is there's no chance that both these guys are? Yeah, look, I think that assessment is fair, and you and you see that in the polls, right? You know, seventy percent of people don't want the rematch. I think, uh, you know, Nikki Haley pointed that out on the debate stage. I think you look at the numbers uh, on likability. I think that's a reality. I think the problem is right now there's so much attention to a primary process on the Republican side that people forget that's not indicative of where the general electorate Correct. is going to be, and certainly yeah. not here in New England or in Connecticut. 
Um, but I think that's a fair assessment. I think people are, are tired of, you know, every four years out of 350 million people, we get two options that you either have to hold your nose for or swallow hard to, to support. And I think, and, you know, I think America can do better and, and should do better. Um, yeah, I mean, it's almost it's it's been a lesser of two evils choice, it seems. Yeah, for a and while. In some cases, you know, yeah, it just it's it's a. It's but do you think there's actually? A, do you think it's realistic or probable? This is there a chance that that when we go to the polls in in November of two o two four? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I think I think anything is possible. But you know, we talked a little bit off air when we we're you know, it's such a symbiotic relationship between Biden and Trump, right? They each need each other to basically, you know, run the, the campaign they want to, to run fuel, and, and to fuel yeah. the energy behind them, right? I think if Trump is the nominee, Biden feels compelled to carry out through a second term and basically say, I, I beat him once, I'm going to beat him again. And I don't know what changes. And I think if it's Biden, Trump can point out saying, you know, look, he's old, he's, you know, whatever health issues he has, et cetera, he's going to highlight those. Um, but I, I think a lot of folks are kind of hungry for what's next, and it's you know unclear how you get there. But I think there's an appetite for you know somebody else on either side to kind of step up. And getting back to last night, and so looking at all of those candidates, we talked a little bit about this off mic. You're not totally discouraged by what other alternatives there are. I mean, I know you support Nikki, but like no, look, I, yeah, obviously I'm a big big fan of Nikki Haley. But if you take a look on, you know, I think Pence had a compelling night. I think he looked presidential. I think Christie, for all his bravado and brashness and kind of Jersey attitude, also looked presidential. I think Ron DeSantis, while he didn't do anything to kind of stand out and didn't deliver kind of a final blow against the field, also looked presidential. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it was a really good showcase of what the Republican Party has to offer up and down kind of the candidate scale. And I would put those eight candidates against anybody else who's following Biden because I think the Democratic bench on the national stage why is so the, Why is the, the Democratic bench so thin? Yeah, I mean, I, I would love Does to— Does nobody want to get into politics on that side, or I don't get it? I don't, I don't know if it's indicative of how they run their party. Obviously, Republicans are a little bit more free-spirited, independent, and feel like you know there, there's a little bit of that libertarian streak that says, I can do it better. Uh, Democrats tend to kind of more fall in line, and I don't know if that hurts their recruitment. Really, because I always thought the Democrats kinda... had trouble organizing because everyone has, you know, on the progressive side, everyone's everyone's. Yeah, but got I think a that's opinion. changed over the years. Maybe you're seeing a little bit on, on the far left, but uh, I'm not sure why their bench isn't great. Uh, you obviously hear a couple of names, whether it's the Vice President Harris, Pete Buttigieg, and Gavin Newsom. Uh, but beyond that, it's not as I don't think it's as deep as the Republican bench going on a national level today. Yeah, you know, it's I think it's a really good point because you know, and I covered. The last race. I mean, I spent time on buses with Pete, and 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 I think he's a serious, capable guy. But he's been a mayor, and he's been the secretary of transportation. You know, he hasn't been a governor. You know, he he hasn't been a vice president. You know, I mean, there's, I mean, I think Newsom is the interesting one because he's clearly setting himself up. Don't you think that if oh, Biden weren't the guy, that he's he's the one who would go after yeah, Harris? Yeah, and, and I think I you know, I I think buyer beware on the Republican side for Newsom. I think there's a lot to go after him. Cuz everyone on, thinks he's red meat, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. But I think you know, there's a lot to go after him on the policies and what he's done to California and what, you know, that are that on a national level wouldn't fly. But he looks the part. And these are popularity contests. And I think for the average voter that's going to see this kind of relatively handsome guy come out. You can say like, it. I know you have yeah. a wife and three kids, but he's a handsome guy. <laughs> handsome guy. You know, looks the part. Looks presidential. I think that's hard to kind of overcome that. So I think buyer beware if he's the next guy up. Interesting. Uh, but, it, you know. 
He's a good-looking guy. Well, he he is. It. I mean, you don't you don't have to shy away from it, Ozzy. Ozzy Palomo from Chartwell Strategy joining us here on Brian and Company. You know, wrapping things up, a lot, some criticism of the moderators last night. On Fox, what did you think? Yeah, no, I, I think that you know, anytime you're a moderator, you're put in this kind of like tough situation where you're trying to control the crowd and you're trying to control the candidates. I think they did a pretty fair job overall. I thought some of the questions were gimmicky. I think to ask Chris Christie a UFO question ah. was a little bit of a throwaway. Yeah, I think yeah. that would have been valuable time to let them go at it and, and further kind of highlight the differences on policies that matter. Um, you know, there was a the reference to the Richmond, uh, North of uh, Richmond song, I think was kind of cheeky too. Uh, but I think overall, I thought they did a very, very fair job moderating. So September 27th is the next one. Uh, when are we going to are we going to start to see fewer numbers? I mean, guys like like you said, Bergham, you know, he's he's good, but he's I mean, he, I mean, will he be on the stage? I mean, yeah, will I, mean we... I think I have a hard time seeing Bergham and Hutchinson on that on the next stage. And I think, look, great track record. I think they presented well, but they just don't have it. Right. Um the Reagan Library is a lot smaller than the uh, Pfizer Arena, so I think the audience is going to be a lot more tame and a lot more controlled, which kind of helps, you know, back and forth, uh, uh, you know, the rowdiness of it. Uh, but I think it's going to be a great debate. I think the setting's fantastic. It's a beautiful area, a beautiful setting. And you think Trump will show on that one? Uh, I think to some extent, I think he may have to. Uh, I just don't see how he sits two of them out, and I don't see how he lets the narrative on the legal side control the campaign moving forward, where I think he uses that as a pivot to kind of bring it back to him as, as a candidate, not him as a defendant. So I think it's an opportunity for him to kind of recalibrate there. My last question, and it's candidate-specific because I just realized it. You didn't mention Tim Scott once. That's true, and I don't think that's by design. I think No, no, I'm not saying it is yeah, by design. No, I'm just I, saying, look, like, I, 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 it, was it that generic? I mean, every Republican is a fan of Tim Scott. Huge fan. But is, is it telling that? He just didn't. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Senator Scott. I think he's got a compelling message, uh, has a great background to be able to talk about the American dream, one that I can relate with as an immigrant, uh, and obviously his upbringing with a single mother and some of the challenges he faced I can relate to. But um, I think at the end of the day, he just didn't do enough to stand out. I think he's too nice of a candidate. Uh, I think you know maybe moving forward, they'll spend a lot more money in helping kind of you know rebrand that a little bit. But but I, you know it, at the end of the day, that is who he is. Um, and he doesn't have enough resources to keep moving forward, so maybe that you know there'll be a bump here and down the road for him. But and you think Haley's got enough to stay in? I think for the time being, yeah. she's done enough to stay in, and I think deserves to as well. I think she she took her opening. She was strong. She presented a clear policy message on a lot of things on the abortion issue. I think that was probably one of the most compelling, strongest Republican responses on a national stage that we've seen. Yeah, uh, it may not be popular with the base, but she put it out there and she laid out a marker. Yeah, and I also, we didn't get into it, we got to go. Uh, education was an interesting topic, too, uh, that we'll get into more, and I think it's a, it's, a, it's a potential position of strength for independents, for Republicans to do. But, Ozzy, thanks for the time. We really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. As always, Ozzy Palomo from Trotwell Strategy uh, joining us, and I'm sure he'll join us uh, more as things progress here in the race for the Republican nomination. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.